Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Rory O'Hagan here with you on the Big Red Bench for the first time in a long time. Fingers crossed I can remember how to present a radio show because otherwise... We're going to have 60 minutes of dead air over the next hour. Although that could be better than me. Who knows? A lot to come up on the show this evening. We will be wrapping up the final day of the Premier League season. Aston Villa staying up by the skin of their chief Man United getting Champions League football for next season. We'll have the best reaction from Castlehaven's win over Carberry today. We'll hear from both sides. Jeremy McCarthy will be providing analysis. We're also going to talk to Newsystem and to Douglas as well. We're also going to talk to Cole Ramblers chairman Bill O'Leary about their return to football and how they've survived during a pandemic and plenty more besides. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. I say it's my first show back in a while. Colin presented the first show yesterday. He's hung on after the two to six show <laughs> to have a little bit of a chat. How did you find it being back yesterday? I then? loved it. I'll be honest, I really enjoyed it yesterday hosting the show. Uh, it was nice to to do a sports show after so long. Um, it had been <laughs> it had been because I was casting my mind back to the last show I had done which had been the end of February I think or something like yeah. that and myself and Tomas O'Leary were chatting about the coronavirus and how it might impact on sport a couple of weeks a couple of weeks <laughs> exactly and we were looking ahead to things like the Olympics and the Euros and we were like as you look it'll be long done and dusted and they'll definitely go ahead little did we know what was ahead of us but look at least we're back and things are back up and running anyway was it okay presenting the sports show again is it like riding a bike some kind of yeah, this, for is. the first time in years I've been nervous presenting the show today it's been on my mind you'll be fine Roar. you'll be fine I mean as I found yesterday once you uh, once you get back into it uh, it's 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 quite you know it's like nothing changed even though it has been about five months but uh, it was brilliant yeah yeah fantastic stuff indeed if you want to get in touch with us text us 0868104106 and tweet us as well at Big Red Bench we'll get you that Castlehaven reaction shortly uh, but we are going to wrap up uh, today's uh, Premier League action we have a couple of full times to get through not all of them are in yet but we'll play the ones that we have and Aston Villa are staying up so that means Conor Horahan is going to be a Premier League player for next season they've had a one-all draw uh, with Aston or uh, with West Ham today Mike Lawrence is watching West Ham won, Aston Villa won. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't a classic, but that won't matter to Aston Villa manager Dean Smith, the players or supporters. They'll be enjoying a second successive season in the Premier League. West Ham shaded the first half, Villa looked better after the break and eventually took the lead through captain Jack Grealish, firing high into the roof of the net from close range. But literally from the restart, West Ham were level. Andrei Yarchenko, his loop shot from the edge of the area, setting up a nervy finish. West Ham won... Aston Villa won. That is Aston Villa safe for another season. That was the big kind of discussion at the end of the table. Yeah. Who was going to go down between Aston Villa, Bournemouth and Watford? You feel for Bournemouth today because they got a 3-1 win over Everton, but it wasn't enough because Villa got the point against West Ham. So uh, Villa are staying up and Bournemouth go down and uh, Watford go down as well. They put up a bit of a fight actually, Watford in the end against Arsenal after going 3-0 mm-hmm. down. But uh, yeah, I think I think those bottom three, Norwich are gone a while, Watford, Bournemouth, they've they've been down there for quite a while so I mean you know they kind of you don't like to say anyone deserves to go down but uh, Villa did enough to stay up so fair play to them yeah and as you say Bournemouth uh, winning 3 on the way to Everton but it's all for naught Shane Pennington Everton won Bournemouth 3 but Bournemouth's 5 year stay in the top flight is over they did their job here on Merseyside but other results transpired against them and they'll be playing championship football next season Josh King fired the visitors in front from the spot but Moise Keane quickly equalised for Everton Jefferson Lerma then headed Bournemouth back in front right on half time and victory was assured today and Junior Stanislas fired home late on but in the end it counts for nothing as relegation was confirmed Everton won Bournemouth 3 and relegated by a point as well where Bournemouth that's a 12th place finish uh, for Everton bit of a nothing season uh, for the Toffees this year but uh, never really a threat of relegation although they would have been considered maybe at the start of the season going for for European football but it just wasn't to be uh, for the Toffees but Bournemouth down I'm not entirely sure anyone's going to miss them to be perfectly honest no. sorry apologies to all the Bournemouth fans who are listening <laughs> I don't think there's too many Bournemouth fans at Cork there's bound to be one or two somewhere um, no like they're, they're, they're a small club by Premier League standards I think their stadium only holds something like eleven or 12,000 people as well you feel for Eddie Howe he's taken them all the way up through the divisions from right down the lower English divisions all the way up through League 1, League 2 the Championship and a few seasons in the Premier League now and you'll wonder will he keep his job? 
Yeah, you'd wonder. Um, it's been a very, very poor run of form that they have gone on recently, which has resulted in their relegation. They've been terrible since uh, the, since Christmas, and obviously it's resulted in the relegation. Will he still be there? Considering he was touted as the, the next bright mm. hope, uh, the next big thing in coaching, and everyone was fawning over him, and then to to, to go from that to, to being relegated and such a poor run of form, I suppose, just shows you how quickly uh, the tables can turn. But yeah, you'd imagine you'd imagine they'd keep him on. You'd hope they'd give him a chance to get out of the championship. Um, Bournemouth are the kind of club who probably will, but who knows? Who knows? Man, football management is so precarious. <laughs> yeah, elsewhere, the champions Liverpool uh, wrapping off their season uh, with a win away to Newcastle. Stephen Goldsmith. Newcastle 1, Liverpool 3. 99 points it is for Liverpool with this victory, yet they couldn't have possibly got off to a worse start. Dwight Gale the, with the quickest Premier League goal of the season, 24 seconds on the clock when he broke the deadlock. Van Dijk levelled things up with a header before two great goals compounded things. Divock Origi cutting in, curling a shot into the bottom right-hand corner and Sadio Mane bettering it, curling a shot into the top right-hand corner. It finished Newcastle 1, Liverpool 3. So so as Stephen mentioned there 99 points for Liverpool will they be annoyed by that or will they even care Colm? <laughs> I don't think they're going to care too much I mean what does it matter really at the end of the day they're, they're Premier League champions after 30 years of hurt for Liverpool they've got their Premier League title and that is all that matters for the Liverpool fans I don't think even if they, they had lost to Newcastle today they'd have cared too much they went 1-0 down but they've gone and won 3-1 99 points a point shy of the 100 it doesn't matter Yeah they finished 18 points clear of Manchester City which kind of shows their their dominance I suppose um, uh, and just how good they've been and how far ahead Incredible. they've been yeah. of everyone this season it's been um, fantastic to, to see uh, if you're a Liverpool fan of course but um, yeah fantastic season for them and all eyes on them to see if they can defend their trophy successfully uh, next season uh, speaking of Man City they rounded off with a big win over Norwich Peter Smith City 5 Norwich nil. Gabriel Jesus opened the scoring the outstanding Kevin De Bruyne added a second with a right footed curler before equaling Thierry Henry's Premier League assist record ushering in Raheem Sterling for City's 100th goal of the campaign Riyad Mahrez made it 4 De Bruyne claimed the second and five saves and a VAR reprieve earned Edison the Golden Glove City 5 Norwich 0 Big win for City as they wrap up uh, their campaign I'm sure they'll be back and hungry and uh, ready to go for uh, next season after uh, a disappointing year for them elsewhere Southampton had a 3 moment over Sheffield United today Alan Lewis Finished Southampton 3 Sheffield United 1 a second half turnaround giving Southampton a deserved win John Lundstrom gave Sheffield United a first half lead Shea Adams got Southampton level 5 minutes after the break with a good finish Billy Sharp missed a glorious chance before Adams got his second of the game in the right place at the right time when Carl Walker-Peters' shot was blocked in the 18-yard box. Danny Ings made sure of the win with a penalty late on. A great second half of the season, giving Southampton plenty of confidence going into the next one. It's finished Southampton 3, Sheffield United 1. Yeah, disappointing into this Sheffield United campaign they just kind of ran out of steam yeah. it looked like they were going to be challenging for European football right until the end of the season uh, finished 5 points off that with Tottenham uh, finishing in, in 6 with 59 points uh, Sheffield United with 54 but you see running out of steam but considering their first campaign back in the Premier League in quite a long time it's been a, a nothing short of a fantastic campaign for them and the fact that a Corkman John Egan was the, the star mm. of their defence as well is uh, fantastic they'll be delighted with that ninth um, is a great return for them they'd have taken that or anything around there bitten your hand off at the start of the season for a placing like that at the end of the season but uh, obviously for a while they were flirting with a Europa League place maybe even like an incredibly outside chance of a Champions League <laughs> place but uh, it wasn't to be 54 points is still a good return for them definitely yeah certainly so we'll get you the rest of the full times uh, as soon as we get them with the rest of the results it was Arsenal 3 Watford 2 uh, that confirmed Watford's relegation Burnley 1 Brighton 2, Chelsea 2, Wolves 0, Crystal Palace 1, Tottenham 1 and uh, Leicester City 0, Manchester United 2, that results securing the Red Devils uh, Champions League football mm. for next season as uh, United actually finished third above Chelsea on goal difference, so a fantastic uh, season for them in the end wasn't it because in they the seemed end. to click Yeah, 
I think it's 2020 since we've kind of maybe after Christmas and it's in around January they started to click um, and from that period onwards then they, they got a good run before the lockdown they continued that after the lockdown for quite a few games one or two little blips recently but uh, they've looked very impressive a lot of people put it down to signing Bruno Fernandes <laughs> in January it's probably not quite as simple as that but he definitely did make a huge difference he scored again today got a penalty uh, along with Lingard getting the other goal for them and um there was talk, I mean, back around Christmas time that Solskjaer wouldn't last much longer as Manchester United manager and United fans were very, very unhappy about the way they were going. But they finished third. They're back in the Champions League. Their players are playing a lot better together. We're seeing Fernandez. We're seeing the likes of Pogba uh, producing more. We're seeing great things from Rashford and Greenwood is such a great prospect as well. I fancy United to do quite well next season, Roar, especially depending on who they sign in the off-season uh, between now and the 12th of September when the season resumes in the Premier League. I, I don't think United are going to win the Premier League next year, but I think they'll be a lot closer to Man City and Liverpool than they are right now. Yeah, to finish third in the Champions League football, I think uh, United fans got to be happy with that. and They look like they're going in the right direction. Bruno Fernandes has been a, a sensation since he's arrived. Uh, a nice penalty for him today as mm-hmm. well, and uh, Jesse Lingard uh, with that second goal. I'm uh, just going to go over to the Emirates now where we can hear from Andrew Chill. Arsenal 3, Watford 2, Watford gave it everything but they end up with nothing. A disastrous start, so Aubameyang slot home a penalty. Tierney doubled the lead with the shot that was deflected. Aubameyang's spectacular overhead made it 3-0. Deeney's penalty gave Watford hope. Welbeck's clever flick allowed them to dream, but they're left with the reality of relegation. Arsenal 3, Watford 2. Yes, so uh, Watford uh, down after that result uh, certainly didn't go their way today as they, they were 3-0 down uh, against uh, Arsenal today. So not exactly what you want when you're, you're trying to get a result to stay up, funnily enough. But um, yeah, that's them. definitely not their gone. And I mean, you yeah. can kind of say, why did they sack Nigel Pearson two games ago? What was the motivation there? What, what was happened the point there? That? there? There was must be the something yeah. went on behind the scenes there. That had to have been. I would think there was some falling out at board level with the chairman or something, but but who knows? Um, I mean, it just seemed bizarre with two games to go in the season to sack your manager, um, and it hasn't paid off for them. Yeah, the championship playoff, meanwhile, this evening, Swansea City against Brentford, 6.30 kickoff for that one as Cardiff City and Fulham tomorrow at quarter to eight um, but that uh, just looking at the league table as it finished as I said Liverpool on 99 points Manchester City 81 and then uh, Manchester United and Chelsea uh, on 66 points with less than 62 and Tottenham on 59 Wolves missing out on uh, European football uh, by goal difference after they were beaten by Chelsea today uh, so um, disappointment uh, for Wolves but that's pretty much uh, the Premier League uh, all wrapped up we'll get to the rest of the full times uh, if we get them done before 6pm but I think Conor's going to leg it now because he's had a long enough all day. Time to go. It's been a busy day and a busy weekend roar but uh, all good fun I think. Next Sunday show will be fun we're doing it live from Turner's Cross. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be live actually all day from Turner's Cross pretty much next Sunday from 2 right through to 7. Cork City and Bowes be good to have live football back. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely fantastic show. Stock. I'll really look forward to that game and have a big preview uh, coming up on the Big Red Bench uh, next uh, Saturday from 6pm. And of course, we'll be there on Sunday throughout uh, the second half live for the entirety of it on the Big Red Bench. And we'll beforehand with Cullum uh, on the 2 to 6 So we'll uh, have that uh, with Cullum Matt next week as well. All right, going to talk uh, Get It Games now. And the big game of the day, probably the big game of the week, was the West Cork Derby, Castlehaven and Carberry Rangers in the Bond Secures Premier Senior Football Championship uh, Group B. It was Castlehaven got the win 14 points to 9 I'm going to talk to Jeremy McCarthy who's there for us uh, in a little bit but first reaction from both sides going to hear first from uh, Castlehaven's John Cleary Okay John Cleary first of all congratulations uh, very very hard earned victory but um, how do you assess your side's performance? Well look we came over here to get a victory today uh, I didn't think we were played overly well or anything like that now the wind might have a factor uh, we made a lot of elementary mistakes at times but look Ross are a hard team to play against they beat us the last three times so you know there was a bit of apprehension from our guys but at least look you know when the game was there to be won in the second half uh, we won it probably won it, should have won by more but we didn't and look it's two points on the board and we just move on to the next step um, the significance of beating Carberry Rangers because they seem to have had Indians in Norway just the last couple of matches that you've played in Championship yeah well in fairness they were down a few players today with injury uh, like John Hayes has been a, a turn on our side for, for a long number of years and he didn't start and, and John O'Rourke their county player like so uh, naturally enough they were they, they were handicapped today but like we still had to go out and beat them and the lads that were out there for us give 
100% and as I said I felt at times we didn't show composure um, but look we got over the line and we can we can be looking forward to the next day now and just the significance of winning your first match especially in such a, what could be a very tight group um, as positive a start as you could have asked for yeah absolutely uh, Newstown had a huge win last night so you know after we practiced today now just looking forward to, to that game and and you know these these games against a lot of the players that they know are going to be tough and they're not going to be free flowing and uh, as I said look the main objective was to get a win the, the bonus would be to, to have played outstandingly well we felt we didn't do that today but look we got the win and we can plan for the next day and hopefully we can play a bit better and get the win again the next day That's Castlehaven Sean Clare there speaking to Ger after their win today uh, over Carberry Rangers going to hear now from uh, Haven's Michael Hurley Yeah, look, as I said to the lads there, look, it's just absolutely brilliant to be back playing competitive games. I suppose what better way to start with with a local derby. but yeah, look, just, just back playing uh, with the club is just extra special. We've had more time training with the club this year than we've had with the last four or five years. So um, look, it's just brilliant to be back playing, as I said. Enjoying this kind of exclusive period of club activity? In a cup between two stools, you know who you're with? And you can yeah, exactly. Look, I suppose you're not being pulled and dragged, I suppose. I think a few weeks ago when the J did come out and... I think they kind of put a, a bit of a law in place that county players actually aren't allowed train. I think that was a brilliant idea. Um, but yeah, look, as I said, it, it's just to be back playing football after everything that's happened. We're just delighted. No easing yourself back in, I suppose. This was always going to be a big game to start back with. Uh, no, look, I suppose when we, when we did start back training, there was a bit of easing back in. Um, I suppose there was a worry of kind of injuring uh, yourself. Um, Look, as everyone knows, all we're doing during the lockdown was, I suppose, running on your own, just 5Ks, 10Ks. So when you're coming back into a, a match scenario, there was certain easing yourself into it, yeah. Long to find your feet. Yeah, yeah, look, in- enjoyable is the first word that would come to mind there. Um, I think everyone was just delighted to be back playing. Um, and as I said, look, it, it's just a brilliant occasion. A local derby was the first game. It was just lucky that that was the first game we were playing. Um, but look, we look forward to the next two games and hopefully we'll be okay for here. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, look, I suppose if we all just look after our own patch, that, that is the whole and um, I suppose just in general uh, sport is, isn't life or death either so it's just to make sure that we're all fit and healthy I suppose is the main thing um, How badly did you want to win this today? Um, yeah look I suppose there was a certain edge that, that we, we, we certainly I suppose owed Ross one or two but um, I suppose we, we didn't come here to set low scores um, it, look it was a new day a new season uh, it, it was the last few games we, we did reference for the game but as I said look it was a new day a new occasion so we were just focusing on today and you're happy with your own form heading into the next round yeah look I suppose um, I suppose the, the win is most important um, but look if, if you play well personally I suppose it's just a bit of icing on the cake so yeah happy with that it's Michael Hurley there of Castlehaven speaking uh, to join the Assembly Media after their win today over Carberry Rangers in the Bond Secures Premier Senior Football Championship uh, played in Clonakilty uh, this afternoon Jersey's also been in conversation with Haven's Damien Callan. Uh, Damien Callan, um, an excellent all-round team performance and a good positive start for Castlehaven to the Senior Football Championship. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, nice to get off to a, a winning start there. Um, you know, to be fair, over the the period that we had off, there, fellas had kind of worked hard on their own and um, done what they can to stay in a fairly decent shape. And you know, fellas, uh, I'd say enjoyed that there now today. And from your own point of view, how significant has it been the time you've gotten with the club, not just in the lead into a game, but the the extra time that you've gotten? Yeah, I, I think really enjoyable. You know, um, I suppose it's not it's nothing different in that you always prepare to your to your max, and you know you try and get that hundred percent out of yourself um, in everything you do with your training and your preparation and everything else. Um, so that doesn't change. But it's nice to to get back to fellas that you came up through the through the ranks with. Um, and as I said, you know, with the inter county thing, you know, win lose or draw the fellas with the club are always there for you you know so it was nice to get back to them today as well you know um, it took a while to shake them off it was level at half time and how important on the pitch was that wind in the second half because it looked like it, it was strengthening yeah I think look in the first half we uh, I suppose first of all you know um, Ross are a very tough team to, to play against you know a tough team to break down so we knew that we'd um, we knew it was going to come down to the wire anyway you know um, we'd said that beforehand um, so we weren't going to panic I suppose and we were nice uh, nicely set um, after the first half going in kind of level after having played against a strong breeze and then in the second half going to play with it I suppose it just means that you can maybe you might have an extra 5 or 10 yards um, of a shooting range but you know it doesn't change a whole pile you know and just from your own point of view as well it's going to be such a tight group you know the other two teams that you're going to be playing pure West Cork derbies Newcastle and Island Rovers but getting that win under the belt is, is significant 
Yeah, massive. Um, look, I suppose uh, any West Cork derby is always a tough one. They're t- tense in their tight affairs. Um, and yeah, just, I suppose, looking forward to the rest of it now. Nice to, to get a win and maybe take a small bit of pressure off um, that you can go and kind of express yourselves even that bit more. Um, but sure, look, we, we'll kind of prepare ourselves now as best we can for our next game. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, Damien Callan there in conversation with Joe. We'll hear from Jordan a bit and get his thoughts on the game, but first going to get here the view from the Cabaret Rangers side and their boss Holly O'Sullivan. Um, Holly O'Sullivan, obviously commiserations on that last, but as you know, the, it's not the end of the championship by any means for Cabaret Rangers. We've got two more big matches, big West Cork derbies coming up, and I would imagine the focus is now fully on those. I would have doubt we were just saying it to the lads there, you know... We're, we're not out of the championship. It would be way worse if we were. And they haven't earned through to the next round. Even not a good performance by them. But look, instantly we're looking at Island Rovers and preparing for Island Rovers over the next three weeks. Um, can I ask you, you started with three key players. I think it's, it's not an understatement. Your goalkeeper, Paul Shannon, John O'Rourke and John Hayes. First of all, how uh, John Hayes came on, but how are the other two and what is the prognosis for them ahead of that Island Rovers game? Well, ho- hopefully they'll be back in time for the Island Rovers game. John O'Rourke um, damages hamstring. Uh, John Hayes is suffering with a tendonitis um, Paul Shannon has a couple of niggles that he has to start out so look we could have played him today but then there was a a kind of a weighing up as to whether we'd put them out for six weeks if we if we did play them today so look it was a difficult decision and I thought the rest of our team stood up and you know played very well started slowly and put, you know we put ourselves in the back foot particularly playing with the wind but could have had a couple of goals in the first half couple of misfreeze in the second half couple of little errors left Haven back into the game and they had the advantage of the wind and fair play to them in fairness you know they, they deserve the win today How much of that is rustiness that you have to get out of the system when it's the first game? Ah sure without doubt and you know you don't really know where you are the year that's in it you know and like we had a couple of lads as you could see there were 10 minutes ago were lucky a bit of match fitness as well and hopefully today will bring them on from that um, from your own point of view, like you said, you started, like you were four points down very quickly, but you didn't panic and you reacted positively. And again, you had the wind at your back. Um, you struggled a bit playing into the window to start the second half. Is that fair? Yeah, in fairness, sure these games go in cycles. You know, you had our periods of dominance. And, you know, I, I thought our goalkeeper and our six backs did excellently. In fairness, I'd say we had almost 100% off our on kick out. Um, we did well around the middle. But as I said, you know, there were a the few key stages, a few key um key plays during the game where in the first half we bared down and goal two or three times could have got one out of three that would have made a big difference going at half time a couple of misfreeze we should have got in the second half a few turnovers that led to Castlehaven scores in the second half you know all small things that we can work on and start out and that's the thing you said it yourself this, this, this championship this new format gives you the chance now you're not out you're far from out of it like a win and then another win and you're right back in it yeah but out out and the focus is on getting a win the next day you know the next day is basically knockout you know, if we're beaten the next day, we are out. And if Wild Norvers are beaten the next day, they are out, more or less. So, look, as, as such, the next game is knockout to a degree. But, look, we'll be, we'll be building for the next three weeks and hopefully we'll be in a better place come the Wild Norvers game. All right, Joe McCarthy was uh, in Clonakilty for that game today. Castlehaven defeating Carberry Rangers. 14 points to nine. Suggests a comfortable enough win for Castlehaven. Was that the case, Joe? Um, it was in the second half, Rory. To be fair, uh, the first half was pretty even. Stephen had finished uh, seven points apiece at the end of the first uh, of that first thirty minutes, and there was very little in it. And um, to be fair to Castlehaven, they got off to a very, very good start. There were four points to no score up inside the first quarter of an hour, and then Ross found their feet and managed to to pull back and level it four four apiece. And they were level three times in the first half, um, and they actually finished level, as I said, seven points apiece. But I guess just before we even talk about the second half, the most significant thing beforehand was the fact that Ross Carby Rangers began without three important players. Their goalkeeper, Paul Shannon, was injured and their two probably most talismanic forwards, John Hayes, was out with a hamst- uh, was out with tendonitis and John O'Rourke, their Cork senior, was out with a hamstring injury. Now, John Hayes did come on in the second half and managed to get a point, but it was always going to be an uphill battle for them without those three players. How much of a factor was fitness in the game, Joe? Because I mean, like, clubs have only been back a couple of weeks training as a group um, ahead of the weekend, the first weekend. So how much of a factor was fitness going into the game today? I'd have to say that of all the matches that I've watched, and I've watched far too many of them this weekend, <laughs> uh, either on streams, dodgy streams, or uh, you know the professional ones that you know that were done via the Irish Examiner, um, this was by far probably the the two teams that I thought looked looked the healthiest, if you know what I mean. I thought towards the last quarter, perhaps Carby Rangers seemed to be struggling a little, but that's because at that point, um, Castlehaven were pulling away anyway at that point, and they, they had opened a three or four point gap. No, they kept coming back, but I I did think. 
I didn't think there was any sluggishness in the first 15-20 minutes. It did slow down in the third quarter, yes, definitely, but not to the extent of other games. And I think that's testament to the preparation of both sides. And I suppose the big thing, Rory, is despite the defeat, um, and you, uh, from talking to uh, Holly O'Sullivan, the manager afterwards, like their Carby Rangers are not out of this championship. Obviously, they're going to be looking ahead to their next game and they have to win it against Island Rovers. But I thought both teams lasted the pace better than some of the other matches that I would have come across this weekend. Yeah, and that's the, the, the glory of, I suppose, the, the group format is that there's no one out on the first day um, after today's result exactly feel like championship because of the, the, the group format and maybe that intensity was slightly lacking is that something that you noticed today? No, Rory, that's one thing you will not be lacking when these two sides <laughs> size each other up, um, Castlehaven and Ross Carby Rangers down in West Cork. Um, we were talking about it just in the press back uh, beforehand, uh, just saying that how significant would the lack of atmosphere be? Because I remember covering this, these two teams last year at the, in the early stages of the championship when Carby Rangers won after extra time blow in Skibberina and it was an absolutely crackling atmosphere. Um, I, I think... I think players are now getting used to it and acclimatising to it but I think what would have helped teams in the run into the championship Rory is the fact they would have played challenge matches mm. now normally you play a challenge match behind closed doors and there's nobody there and then you kind of come in here and there's about 80 odd fans you know 40 fans from each and they do make a bit of noise but it's nowhere near the atmosphere that teams would be used to and especially down here uh, in West Cork when there's a derby and when you have a West Cork group of death when Town Island Rovers also involved you'd have big crowds at each of those games so it did lack for atmosphere today I would admit that but at the same time I think everybody just gets so caught up in the game and players are just so ultra focused on the ball and getting onto the ball and getting on with the game I think they tend to forget about it but what I would say is significant is that had there been a full house here today in Clannacilla which there would normally have been I think it would have G'd up both teams and I think it might have uh, inspired Carby Rangers a little bit more in the final quarter you knowing they needed it um, so maybe there is significance to that but these two could meet each other uh, out in the middle of Antarctica and there'd be an atmosphere so I wouldn't worry too much about that <laughs> So Carberry Rangers now have to bounce back Castlehaven I suppose going into their next game of conference but I suppose for Carberry Rangers bouncing back after that opening defeat I mean like how do you pick the lads up after that and, uh, and going into another West Cork derby as well which won't be easy it won't and it's significant because Island Rovers are in exactly the same boat with the team that they lost in Town this weekend as well um, significantly like 317 to 1-7 and you know, Town pulled away from them very very well in that game I think the big question mark for Carby Rangers and it's a good question is you know rising yourself up after losing to the Haven is not easy but the, the real question mark is will John O'Rourke be fit will that hamstring have cleared up in three weeks time um, how quickly can John Hayes come back from it and also Paul Shannon in fairness to Ronan Miller and Seamus Hayes and Chris Donovan who came in today did it quite well for most of the game like they, they certainly like John Hayes came on and scored with his first touch you know, they missed O'Rourke's ability to carry the ball and win freeze definitely but I think they've got enough quality within that team um, going on what I've seen today and I think what Holly O'Sullivan pretty much said it to me afterwards as well like they, they would hope that they'd have enough quality come that game against the Rovers that they can win that match but as he said himself it's a knockout game now and this is the significance of the group uh, structure because should Carby Rangers or Island Rovers lose that game they can't get out the, the, it's unlikely they'll get out of the group and they could be staring into relegation battle Alright Ger, thanks very much for that Ger, uh, of course making his big red bench debut yesterday how'd you find it? Um, <laughs> unbelievable exciting and uh, entertaining can I thank Colm O'Sullivan for his professionalism <laughs> and uh, ability to calm me down and stop me talking at various junctures of the pod or of the live broadcast but uh, enjoyed it and looking forward to the next one Alright Ger, thanks for that buddy we'll talk to you next week Thank you yeah, great to have our uh, new signing for the Big Red Bench, uh, Jeremy McCarthy there uh, on with Colm yesterday and uh, working hard for us down in West Cork today and uh, a massive West Cork derby and a, a win for Castlehaven over Carberry Rangers they'll be hearing for from Jura over the next couple of weeks. All right, still to come on the show, going to hear from Newstown, going to hear from Douglas and up next going to talk to our co-founders chairman uh, Bill O'Leary about keeping the club going during a pandemic. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. I just need to say congratulations to Riverstown FC ladies who text into the show to say they've won the CWSSL Challenge Cup to beat Wilton today with three goals to nil. And the scorers on the day were Sophie Hudner, Ellen Baker and Sharon Carson. So congratulations indeed to Riverstown and congratulations as well to Douglas Hall who are into the FA Youth Challenge Cup semi-final after a 4-2 win uh, against Crumlin United. Away to Crumlin United as well. Never an easy place to go to Dublin and get a result. But congratulations to Douglas Hall. Fantastic stuff from then we're going to hear from Cove Rambler shortly first though going to catch up on the rest of today's uh, full times and we will go to uh, Leicester versus Manchester United where Manchester United book Champions League football
And a Bruno Fernandes penalty and a Jesse Lingard goal in stoppage time following a Casper Schmeichel clanger but enough to see United finish the season in third. Brendan Rodgers' men who were 14 points ahead of United in January dropped to fifth so it'll be Europa League football for them next term. At the King Power it finished Leicester City nil, Manchester United 2. And this was the reaction of Barcelona Solskjaer. You know where we were earlier on in the season to uh, to end up third is fantastic by them. They've uh, taken on board so many things, uh, had uh, our ups and downs, and uh, it's uh, of course come down to the last last game. And I've got to say, it's uh, it's a wonderful achievement by everyone. Chelsea booking Champions League football as well with that win over Wolves in Beach. Chelsea manager Frank Lampard gave a glimpse of what it means to steer his club into the Champions League in his first season in charge. When Mason Mount opened the scoring, he looked relieved as he beamed up at his behind-the-scenes colleagues in the stands. And then there was a real release of tension as Lampard kicked the advertising hoardings in celebration after Olivier Giroud scored the second. Wolves will have to hope now that Chelsea win the FA Cup final next week because that would give them a Europa League place. So yeah, Chelsea into the Champions League and uh, Nigel Bidmead, meanwhile at Palace and Spurs. Not so long ago, a place in the Europa League was seen as a booby prize, but for clubs like Tottenham, who have a new stadium to pay for, European football of any kind is essential. Harry Kane continued his excellent scoring form with the opener here at Selhurst Park, and Geoffrey Schlupp equalised for Palace, who played with a great deal of spirit. But Spurs did enough. Crystal Palace won, Tottenham won. All right, we're going to talk football and we'll have more Gaelic games before we wrap up this show. But Cove Ramblers back in action next week. Stuart Ashton said we're on the road for their first game back as they face Bray Wanderers at the Carlisle Grounds where kickoff is at 7.45. Ahead of the game, I've been speaking to Ramblers chairman Bill O'Leary about the challenges of keeping the club going during a pandemic. Yeah, Rory, look, it's been, it's been positive and negative. Obviously, it's been negative for society at large and, and we recognise that and it's unprecedented as we know. And, um, you know, we take our hat off to all the healthcare workers and, and everyone in, in, in the health service that's on some uh, some amazing work but for us I think we had great momentum in the first couple of games Sidrada at home and, and Athlone at home and Bray and um, UCD away and uh, that momentum actually has has actually kicked on in a funny kind of way because we've we've used the downtime to I suppose restructure ourselves a little bit and we have uh, also used the downtime to I suppose drive on a lot of the community engagement work that we're focused on um, and, and also get our online uh, uh, merchandising shop up and running um, and we've had regular meetings and uh, we've, we've, we've set up podcasts, uh, we've recognised the contribution of past players and past volunteers and, and podcasts with those kind of people um, we've engaged a lot uh, with the FAI um, and we needed to do that because I think historically as a club we probably haven't done enough of that so we've certainly opened the door of communication with the FAI at all levels and we have a very good relationship with them now um, and that's positive I think for both parties so in many ways I think we've used the um, this unprecedented time for in a very positive way and we're really energised and looking forward to, to the to the kickoff and restart Rory Yeah I'd imagine uh, at some point during the, the, the pandemic you must have thought there would be no football at all for 2020 which must have been worrying yeah, it it was worrying. It, it was certainly worrying because obviously we have a certain amount, like every entity, business entity, we have a certain amount of fixed costs that just, that just don't go away and a lot of variable costs. But the fixed costs are there anyway, whether or not playing football or not. And that was a challenge for us. And how do we, how, how are we going to meet that cost, especially when one of our main income streams is our on, on, on site bar and, and that was closed and is closed. So, so that was a concern. Um, but we didn't lose hope, and 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 we always had the you know the belief that things would turn a little bit, and and we'd be allowed to back playing football. And so, um, the positivity is very important. I mean, our ethos now, Rory, very much in the club, and what we've tried to ingrain at all levels is think positively and act positively, and and we've no time for naysayers. We've no time for 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 negative attitudes. So, so really, even in spite of this difficult time for everyone, we've tried to remain positive, and actually, it's borne fruit. The negotiations, I suppose, for the return of football in, in the country w- w- was difficult, I suppose. I mean, like, uh, it was a lengthy process. It was a lengthy process. And, you know, I was heavily engaged on behalf of the club and, and the first division. And what we did was 
very, very importantly, I think the First Division clubs spoke with a unified voice and we all believe that the return to football was ultimately absolutely important for the the credibility of the league. Um, uh, but, but what was actually more important was the honouring of the promotion and relegation aspect and that was very important. And we we were resolute in our determination to ensure that 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 promotion was retained um, and and it was ultimately and I think that was very very important otherwise you would have undermined the basic ethos of sport which is like to give everyone a fair chance to do, to do better and those that don't do better and, and have to be relegated and so be it but, but just you know you've got to deal with the realities and you can't use an opportunity like a pandemic to, to, to try and avoid some of those realities so look we're delighted and we were delighted the way the FAI held firm and, and they were very resolute and, and um, I suppose patient in their negotiations with all parties to quite a bit of disagreement but 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 ultimately look the first division clubs were won out in terms of uh, of promotion but but what's critical is that the club is now go- the the football is now going back at as and you know uh, together and and I think there's a unity now there that I that I haven't seen in a while and and that's a really really good thing and I you know I take my hat off to to to, to Gary Owens and, and to Niall Quinn and, and others in the FEI in achieving that we saw the streaming deal announced yesterday for the Premier Division clubs. Is there a similar for the First Division in the offing, or is it something clubs are going to have to do themselves? In negotiations with the FEI, Rory, uh, it would be... The primary focus was with the, the, the Premier Division clubs, and we get that, we understand that, and they've agreed a package and a platform in which to to host their games uh, centrally, and and that's going to, I think that's going to really provide uh, a great opportunity for revenue for the league in general, and maybe is another example of turning a negative situation into a positive, and it's something maybe we could have done many years ago, but we're doing it now, and that's great as a, as a league, but as a, as individual clubs, uh, we're doing what we can on, on the First Division side, um, and Cove. Uh, we'll be doing it. We'll be doing streaming as well. Uh, you know, at charging five or six euro uh, per per game, and we hope there'll be pretty good uh, pick up in that, especially in light of the fact that we're restricted to two hundred uh, people, including all uh, all officials at our games uh, for the moment. We hope that'll be increased in due course, but but right now it's two hundred, so that's quite limiting for us. Yeah, I spoke to Tracy Kennedy of the Cork County Board yesterday, and she was frustrated that they couldn't allow more people in the into their games, considering. You- there is capacity at stadium, I guess, for for people to be socially distanced safely. Yeah, and look, I mean, the FAI here are trying to, you know, I, I think they're trying to be uh, rather uh, safe rather than sorry. And and look, we're okay with that. We're all learning. It's all new. It's new for us all. Um, as much as we'd like 500, 500 plus to be allowed into games, and and really all of the grounds have that capacity, and and the provision will be there to, I think, still social distance and have five hundred, you know, five, you know, five hundred plus into into our grounds. But but uh, two hundred is where we're at, and we we you know we honour. The, the edict from the FAI and we're going to do all we can to to um, to to, uh, to stick to the protocols. Um, it's very important. The last thing any of us want in the game is that we take one step forward and two back. So let's get on with the 200 and let's review it maybe as we hopefully move uh, on to the next phase nationally. The, the hope is that they would increase that and other sports have the same limitation and, you know, it's a... Uh, but, but Rory, bear in mind, we're happy to be back uh, under that constraint than not be back at all. Yes, certainly so. Um, on the field, you're back in action away to Bray next week. Um, Stuart Ashton, I'd imagine getting the players ready must have been difficult, I suppose, but I'd imagine everyone around the club is buzzing ahead of the, the, resum- the resumption next week. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I had a good chat with the, with the players a couple of weeks ago, um, just letting them know what all the work we're doing all off the pitch and, and hoping that they'll translate some of that good work into on the pitch, right? There's no guarantees, but, but very much where we want to create that bond between off the pitch and on the pitch and we're one entity and we're one team and 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 uh, you know looking at some of the training sessions the guys are really energized we've had two good uh two good games uh friendly games in advance of going back which we won we won both games we're playing cork city uh, on friday night uh, which we hope we'll do well on as well um so so it's all good and Stuart, you know Stuart, we, we're confident and we know Stuart is the right man for the job you know he's um he's ambitious he's competitive he's driven and and he and he drives that into into the team and they're young lads and they want they want to achieve things and um, they're all delighted actually that the promotion um, um, opportunity still remains so so you can see their ambition when you talk with them and uh, and we're there to facilitate facilitate that worry so look the club is moving forward and, and we're really 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 excited about the return to football 
Yeah, certainly. And kind of, I suppose, that, as you mentioned, like that promotion is going to create um, a lot of excitement being in the promotion hunt. We've seen it at Cove a couple of times. Just being in the hunt creates excitement that gets people through the gate, it gets the entire town talking. Absolutely. And, you know, as we're, as we're restructuring, I suppose, remodeling the club in many ways, we're, we're, like, we don't, we're not setting ourselves up as a club that's only going to get decent number of spectators based on performance. Like, we, you'll always get the extra quantity of supporters that'll come through the gate when you're doing well. That's the nature of sport. We get that. What we're trying to do here is create a core and a strong base of supporters that feel they've got something to contribute, contribute to the club, that feel that the club represents them, that feel really that they're part of the club, the town, the region, um, connect with the players, connect with the volunteers. We now have 25 volunteers and more helping at all uh, levels of the club. So, so really th- that's, that's very important that, that, that we don't just, I suppose, focus on, on trying to do well necessarily on the pitch we have to do well off the pitch as well and that's where we will win ultimately if we do well on both both sides uh, Rory and I suppose engagement with the community is vital in getting sponsorship into the club as well it is and look we, we and, and we're doing well on sponsorship we have the Metropole Hotel and we have Bathroom Builders they've both been very uh, generous with their sponsorship um, and you know and as our profile is, in, is improving as our voice is being heard more generally nationally as well I think uh, sponsorship opportunities will grow uh, we've a very engaged public out there now we're, we're getting people ringing us up asking to, to help us which is great and there's real energy there we've people coming to the games that haven't, haven't been there in many years so it's all positive and we've got maintain that positivity together if we go forward together we'll have our disagreements but I think if we if we honour the, honor the contribution of every single person then we'll do the right thing and we're very strong I mean we have a golf uh, we were a golf uh, outing on the 31st of this month and that's oversubscribed and we have our summer camps coming up and that's uh, for kids and that's uh, fully subscribed and that's giving parents an opportunity to, to put young Johnny uh, away playing football for a few days so, so, that, so that's great right so we're there to help that on a society level as well and, and we're delighted. Alright Bill, thanks very much. Hope to see you for a socially distant uh, evening down in St. Coleman's Park very, very soon. Great. Great, Rory. You're welcome to come down and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Rory. Certainly looking forward to getting down to St. Coleman's Park. I went to Bray as the season resumes then next Friday night at 7.45 but you better believe Saturday the, the 8th of August the following week I'll be there at 7 o'clock to watch uh, Cove Ramblers take on Galway United. Really looking forward to, to getting back, watching matches, reporting on matches. It has been a long, 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 long couple of months. Uh, so really looking forward to getting back and uh, really looking forward to getting stuck right back in uh, with all the football that's uh, due to come up. All right, uh, we are going to go back to talk about Gaelic games now. And uh, Newstown began their Premier Senior Football Group B campaign with a 317-17 win over Island Rovers at Dunmanway yesterday. Today evening at halftime, the victors led nine points to one three. Sean Donovan netting an island penalty just before the break. They reduced the gap to just a point early in the second half, but Newcastle responded with an unanswered three eight. The goals coming from Ty Toomey and Corha Kane, who scored two. Dennis has been speaking to Newcastle manager Tom Wilson about the importance of the win in terms of the club's dual commitments. When, uh, when you went in leading at half time by three and then Ireland came out and got two points at the start of the second half as everyone was expecting yeah, a closer game but you, you really pushed on we did I suppose can, you know going back to the first half we we were still for 25 minutes yeah. then we gave them the penalty before half time to get them back in to get them back into it we gave them five minutes to start the second half as we said uh, but after that I think we, we, we just drove on and drove on and drove on you know uh, the stuff from, from, from there on the last couple of minutes again we got a couple more scores yeah but it, it, it was real you know you, you could really see that the, the team had been very well coached right? there were some lovely moves one into the field the other fellas sort of taking the right options more often than not keeping their heads like and not, not just aimlessly kicking the ball yeah well I just said to the, to the Old Northers by the way to go that they got us when we were going to be probably at our best because we've had time to prepare for this yeah. we've had you know we're preparing for, for this and now we're preparing for the hunting yeah. and uh, the problem we have going forward now is that the hurling is going to take over for two weeks yeah. and we will have probably two nights together before we play Castlehaven yeah. so you know um, that's a totally different kettle fish then of course but I suppose when you get a win like this and like you say when it's going to be a case of football hurling football hurling a win like this is huge morale given that it's such a big crossover of the, the two panels oh absolutely like I mean you know now that I'm sure that the, the, the lads will go you know for the hurling match only speak buzzing like because, yeah. because this big win is is behind them like and you know you know, we have to do it. Yeah. yeah.
and when you're in such a tough group four West Cork teams are kind of a group of death really like was this a game that, that you had to win if you had any designs and going further well it was and not necessarily because it was Ireland Rovers simply because it was the first one yeah. and we were going to get that bit more preparation time. yeah ok um, and so you know looking forward positively anyway to the, the Haven game and just hoping you get everyone back fit and well yeah like I mean as long as we have all the bodies back after after the whole, after two hurling games like everybody that played today uh, is going to be playing hurling next week yeah Um Couple of them are only going to be playing uh, we, maybe in against the Marys, but everybody is going to be playing holding next week. Um, so that's a fact. Yeah. So it's a matter of making sure that all the bodies are right and to, to go again uh, when we do play the Haven. And was there anyone not available tonight who will be back for the, the Haven game? Uh, we don't know really. Like uh, Daniel Toomey, um, Owen Kelly. Uh, Trevor Horgan and, and Mark Kennelly were all not thought out okay. t- t- tonight like in general Phyllis who played senior last year yeah. so you know uh, we're hoping that then one or two of those might be, might be available by then okay. yeah, it's news to town manager Tom Wilson there speaking a very windy town man way by the sounds of it after uh, last night's 317 to 17 win over Ireland Rovers also last night Douglas defeating Bishop's Town 114-19 to in Group C of the Premier Senior Football Championship this is uh, boss Ray Keating speaking to the assembled media afterwards set to play for Good performance overall, I think. Half time, 10-4 was it? 10-4, yeah. I mean, it's funny, we only, I think we only scored 10 against them last year, so to have 10 at half-time was a bit of a change. But, um, you know, it was something that six up having played with the wind we just wanted to we didn't want to sit back like we've got a lot of good players a lot of pace there. we wanted to push on again I was was happy with how we reacted to the goal in particular you know they got there I think it was back to three at that point we pushed on again and we got the next couple of scores and that's a, a good sign of the team and a good sign of their, their strength mental strength I think. there's a lot of pace there isn't there the team when you run at them they cause there's an awful lot of pace yeah there's um you know, it's a young team. There's, we've obviously got bits of um, experience sprinkled in there as well, but it, it's a team that can move, you know, at pace quite a lot. So, having said that, it, it's obviously our first championship game. We've had challenge games, but it, nothing compares to just championship pace. So, the 60 minutes will stand to us in a big way. We use five subs, and you know, if, if there was more subs available, we'd brought them on because we, we do have a very strong panel. Was that the most pleasing aspect, so like given how well you played, again, given the long break you had as well? Yeah, I think so, because, you know, I think it's a strange setup in terms of there's no dressing rooms, there's, there's not really a crowd there. You know, there are challenges that fellas haven't dealt with, and it, it can feed into maybe not feeling like a championship game in, in the normal sense of things. So, you know, some of the games can start a little bit slowly because of that, but we didn't, in fairness, there we started, you know, kind of 100 miles an hour, and I thought we had them on the back foot from the start, and yeah, I was delighted with it, to be honest. Is there a slight sense that maybe you could have won by even more? You could have got two goals in the first 10 minutes um, and stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, we, we did have goal chances, but look, Bishop's on our good side, like as I said beforehand, that, uh, you know, we beat them by, I think it was two last year they beat us by one or two the year before like there isn't a huge amount in the team so they were always going to come at us like they've been dual senior club like ourselves for a number of years they weren't just going to lay down and die so I think we're overall very happy with our performance we would have expected them to, to answer back to us oh. Just finally then for me um, how happy are you to be back on the sideline and back at Parky Ring watching your ah. side play? That's ah, brilliant I mean like the amount of speculation we had over the, the last few months about whether we get here or not you know you're always wondering so it's been a dream the last couple of weeks been good weather pitches are good Fellas are eager, numbers are up. It's brilliant. It's, it's just really pleasing to, to actually get to play. Yeah, so he's missing. He just had a, he had a little niggle in his calf. Um, so he actually he did a session today. We, we debated using him, but I suppose, look, we're, we're trying to take a longer-term view of it. So had it been a knockout game, he would have started for us. We just thought it was a more sensible option just to hold him back for today. It's nothing major, as I say, just a, a slight problem with his calf, but nothing I'd be overly concerned about. Him. That's right, Keating there of Douglas uh, after they went over Bishopstown last night. One fourteen to one nine was how it finished. Bit windy there as well. Social distancing and doing post match interviews is a tricky combination, and we're all learning to to get used to, as we could hear from the last uh, couple of interviews. But uh, yeah, it's great to have sport back. It's great to have local county games back, and great to see some fantastic games uh, over the weekend. And uh, if you missed any of uh, our reaction today. Our podcast will be online shortly after 7 o'clock tonight. You can get that on redextra.ie, redfm.ie, or wherever you get your podcasts from as well. All right, just before we wrap up the show, uh, Kevin O'Connor returning to Cork City uh, last week uh, was announced. Um, so we're going to hear from him. He's been in conversation uh, with Cullum uh, ahead of the return to action uh, next week.
back. Uh, look, it's it's a place I enjoy being, playing, you know, I've always loved it, so look, I said, the gaffer put a bit of interest, you know, it was, it was no rainer really to come back down and, and give the lads a help for the rest of the season. Obviously, my third spell down, hopefully, you now it'll go a bit better than last year, but look, we have a good little squad there, young but good, so we're hoping we can kick on now and get a good start to the to the return of pictures. You weren't gone for long this time, really. I mean, you were down in Waterford for maybe six, seven months. Yeah. Uh, and you're back again, if even, yeah, exactly. So, but even that much time, the club has changed a lot, I mean, uh, in terms of the, the squad and the whole setup here. Yeah, big time, big time. Look, it's, uh, it's, it's the story of this league, really, you know, it's like a roulette wheel or whatever goes on, you know, but um, as I said, the new manager come in, has his own ideas, change things, and um, you know, like, you still have the likes of Noel Spenno still here, still around, so they still have that core. But uh, yeah, look, I'm happy with how things are going. And I'm happy with how the squad's looking. And uh, obviously, we're getting our preseason games in. It's just a matter of getting fitness and getting that match match sharpness back. But uh, we've a couple of games now coming up, so look, it's all just building towards goals. That's that's the big one. That's that's the one we're all aiming for. I suppose it's a bit different in terms of your previous spells at Cork City in where Cork City are in the table and stuff as well. Um, obviously, the first time was the winning, then, then then the second time was a bit lower down. But this time, it's a bit of a scrap at the bottom of the table. I mean, second from bottom going to these games. So it's 13 games, and it's going to be a vital 13 games. There's no margin for error, really, sure there's not? Yeah, no margin for error whatsoever. You know, it's, it's 13 cup finals. It's yeah. like we have to look at it. And, um, you know, it's... it's it's uh, it's going to be tough because you go from having 31 games left or whatever to having 13 games left you know the the season was just chopped which is, is disappointing with everything that went on but look we have to manage it it's the same for every team out there so it's a matter of just picking up as many points as we can from where we can as I said it's different to when I was here times before you know it's what we had before when the league and everything was just unbelievable you know you don't get that many many places but um Look, there's talented lads in the group, and as they were saying, the lads were saying, you know, they were building as the games were going along. You know, they were starting to yeah. find their feet, and um, then obviously all the COVID stuff happened. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. Like you know, there's 13 games, but it's 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 in such a short period of time as well. You know, you just have to try to pick up points wherever you can, and and make sure that we uh, start playing that. You played as a left back originally at Cork City you played centre midfield a bit in your last spell what's your preference of position? Nowhere I'll play anywhere I'm going to be playing yeah look it's, it's one of them where wherever I'm asked to play I'll play it's, uh, it's been a story of uh, my career really yeah. you know it's uh, wherever I'm asked to play I joined Cork originally as a centre main and was put left back so look as I said wherever I put, I'll play I just want to want to do well want to do well for the club and uh, hopefully as I said, do do get the, get the team up the table. Just finally, it's going to be strange playing in front of empty stadiums, I suppose. Uh, Turners Cross always a great atmosphere. You'd have seen that all go through the years in your spells at City. Um, whether there was 2,000 people there, 7,000 people there, it's a great atmosphere, a great buzz always. Um, this time, it's just going to be the players, the staff, the media, a bit of security maybe. Yeah. It's going to be no fancy, it's going to be strange. It will, it'll be strange, all right. Look, it's, 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 it'll be mental. And, and, like, it'll be, you have to get yourself up for games. There's, look, you're a professional sports person, you, have, you should be able to get yourself up for games anyway. But there's always that that bit where the crowd is there and they're, they're egging you on, you know, it's always an extra boost. I think you've seen it a bit over across the water the first few games were slow tempo because as you're getting used to it, you know, you're used to playing in front of people and, and the, it's an added pressure as much as it is a, a helping hand, you know, so it's a, it's going to be strange, but as you said, look, it's 13 cup finals for us, we have to worry about ourselves and make sure we put in good performances because look, we're, we're at the wrong end of the table at the minute and we need to, we need to start picking up points. Kevin, thanks for well, Thank you. Yeah, it's a uh, column in conversation there with Kevin O'Connor. 13 Cup Finals, he mentioned, for Cork City uh, to secure their Premier Division status. They start their campaign uh, against Bohemians next Sunday, 5 o'clock kickoff. We will, of course, uh, be there uh, across the, the entire afternoon as uh, Colin presents in the afternoon show from 2 to 6. And the Big Red Bench will be live for the second half from 6 to 7. Uh, so we'll, have, uh, keeping, we'll be keeping you right up to date uh, across that game next Sunday, 5 o'clock kickoff. Fortunately, there will be no spectators there because of COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, but we will do our best to make you think like you're there if you're listening to us uh, on the radio and of course uh, the streaming service uh, now available as well but that is our show for you this evening our first Sunday back since March my first Big Red Bench since March hope it went okay I think it went okay it didn't do too 
badly. Uh, but delighted to be back in a very, very busy schedule of sport between now and Christmas, basically, uh, coming up. Uh, so very, very exciting times indeed. Thank you very much uh, for tuning our way this evening. Missing, making a mess at the end of it. Uh, you can listen to our podcast online, redextra.ie, redfm.ie. We're back next Saturday from 6. Green and Red is up next. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. And we'll talk to you next week. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.